So last week, I experienced the first of many high school banquets. I know the parents of seniors in here are over them. Um, the first one that I went to was lacrosse. It, it is a UIL sport, for those, a non-UIL sport, but we still do banquets. Um, and the coach, at this one point, he wanted to recognize all the seniors. And there are these amazing, amazing young men that are on this team. And so every one of them would come up and he would say things about their athleticism and about their academics and their leadership and their teamwork. But the one that stuck out to me was this kid named K.J. Adams. How many of you have heard of K.J. Adams? Okay, so you need to remember his name. So you might think, K.J. Adams, isn't that the like 6'7", 220-pound power forward that plays basketball at Westlake? And isn't he the one that's like super famous and going to go play at Kansas for basketball? You need to remember his name, friends. But then in January, in the middle of basketball season, KJ tells a friend who tells a friend, and it gets back to coach, he wants to close out his senior year by playing lacrosse. And so like a smart coach, he calls up KJ and says, let's meet. This is in January. And he's like, okay, first of all, did you talk to the coaches at Kansas? Are they okay with you playing lacrosse, you know, in this last couple of weeks of the semester? And he's like, coach, lacrosse has always been my favorite sport. I promise you I'm going to play. And so then when he's getting ready to honor KJ, he says, you all know that I didn't necessarily know if he would follow through on it. And they lost in the finals. The basketball team lost in the finals against Duncanville. And the next day, KJ texted coach and said, I'm ready to start practice. And he looked at him that night and he said, you kept your word. And it gave me chills because it seems pretty particular, pretty particular and amazing that a young man would be a man of his word that has all of this future ahead of him. That is what the coach made sure to point out. It gave me chills, and I, I know KJ's mom, and I asked her, Yvonne, if I could share that story tonight, and she said, you know, in our family's life, we call that Faith Chronicles. It's an example of someone keeping their word, and it gave me hope. See, to give someone your word means that you promise you're going to do what you say you're going to do. And I think that for most of us, we try to be people that keep our word. We try to be people that keep the promises that we make. I wonder, do you think God keeps God's promises? Or at least the promises that you think God made? Do you think God is a God of his word? You see, in the Hebrew Bible, the word promise is the same word as word. So one's word is the same as a promise. And to make a promise means you are keeping your word. The psalm that Caden Liam just read, parts of it, is the longest psalm in the whole Bible, Psalm 119. And the Hebrew word for promise, imrah, is used 19 times. Every single one of those verses in that very, very long psalm 
talks about the word or the decree or the statute or the commandment, but the one that I want us to focus on today is the word imrah, promise. I think that for me, and I'm pretty sure for all of you, it is really important that our God keeps God's word. We want God to be a God who keeps God's promises. Amen? And as we have talked about living hope this spring, I have realized how much all of us need hope. And what I want us to see today is that there is hope in God's word. The psalmist said it this way, your promise gives me life. Keep my steps steady according to your promise. So what are the actual promises that God makes in God's word? I wonder, I wonder if what the writer meant was, God promised to us, I promise that as long as you follow me, everything will be easy in your life. And I promise you that if you obey my commandments, nothing evil will ever fall you or the people that you love. Do you all know where the Bible says that? Nowhere. Nowhere. As much as I, I want the Bible to sometimes say that's what God promised us, that's just not the truth of Scripture. And when I think about the person who was writing the Psalms, I realized that his access to the Scripture wasn't the New Testament. It was probably just the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. And so I look back at those books and I'm like, what, what would this psalmist have meant when he said, we have these promises? And I want you to see what we found in the book of Deuteronomy. Look at these verses. This is the, this is the promise God makes. Today, the Lord has obtained your agreement to be his treasured people as he promised you and to keep his commandments. And then down in chapter 29, in order that God may establish you today as his people and that he may be your God as he promised you and as he swore to your ancestors to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. You see, friends, we have been promised something in scripture and it is something that can give us hope. And that promise is that we are God's people. And he is our God. We have been promised that each of us has intrinsic value simply because we are children of God. But this is the thing. That promise in Deuteronomy that was made, it's, it's speaking to a group of people long after Abraham. These are a group of people that had been enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. Does that mean God broke God's promise? And then later, when they're wandering the wilderness for 40 years, trying to find this promised land, does that mean God broke God's promise? No, because see, the promise of God is always that God will be with us. We will be God's people. God promises, I will be your father. And it means we will be able to get through anything that comes our way because we are not alone. And then God made this promise full and complete by then sending the living word, Jesus, into this world. The promise of God continued because Jesus lived, died, and rose again. And then even when Jesus was ascended into heaven, the promise of God 
continued because all of us were given the gift of the Holy Spirit to be within us, to comfort us, to guide us, and to nurture us. Graduating seniors, you have experienced your own wilderness in this past year that none of us would have wished upon you. And I imagine that there have been moments of hopelessness. I want to assure you that there is hope in God's word. Always has been, always will be. And the word, both the written word and the living word, it goes with you as a concrete thing wherever you are to go. Three years ago, most of you stood here at some point in your freshman year and you proclaimed your faith in Jesus as you finished confirmation. And as I was preparing for today, I asked Claire to share with me your statements of faith. And I just want to remind you of some of the things you said three years ago. One of you said, when I find myself in doubt or struggle, remembering that God is fine-tuning my faith, it gives me the courage to persevere. Trusting in God lets me live freely with hope. Another one of you said, I believe that God is the one thing that will stay constant in our lives, and without him, we are totally lost. As I read through these statements, I want to remind you what you said you believed. You believe that God has your back. Some of you went to summer camp, and you were reminded to find strength in Scripture from your counselors. Some of you were shown the wisdom of Scripture by your parents, And some of you came to realize that faith is not linear. It's a journey. Faith is not a flat road. It is a roller coaster. That faith is like a hot fire at times, but then, for some reason, it's a dim flicker at others. Some of you experienced the Holy Spirit during a worship service in this very space. You all have seen the troubles of our world firsthand and has made it hard to trust. It's made it hard to love and hard to hope. But I want to remind you what you wrote in your class statement of faith in 2018. Listen to what you said. We believe in the word of God, the living word, Jesus Christ, and the scriptures of the Bible and the proclamation of the church. Through the Holy Spirit, we come to understand the word. We understand that the word is our unchanging tie to our Father and the unifying force between our Christian family everywhere. Whatever stage of life we are in, whether you are going to be packing things up this summer or in the next couple of months for your college student or for your young adults, or maybe you're welcoming them back into your home. Whether you are single, married, widowed, young, or old, friends, we have hope in the word of God. Because this is the thing, God keeps God's promises. May it be so in my life and in yours. Amen.